RadioInfluence.com. How is everybody? How are you doing? What's happening? All right. Back from Indianapolis, back from the NFL Combine. What an experience. What an experience being in downtown Indy. I had never been to Indianapolis, believe it or not. Met a lot of influential people. Uh, Saw some people I hadn't seen in a long time. As one of the guys from Joe Buck's fan put it, Lee, it's a football carnival. If you like the NFL and then the college kids come in and it's just football, football, and it's just great. It's great. It's a meet and greet. It's schmoozing. It's how people get jobs. Uh, It's one big fraternity. It really is. It's smaller than you think. But anyway, let me get to my guest and then I'll tell you some of the behind the scenes stories. And I also got one that's going to blow your mind especially if you live in Florida or you have lived in Florida. But let me welcome in my guest. He really has made it to the top. Now, he would he would disagree a little bit, but his top is different than your top, my top. I'm talking about Chris Sims, the former NFL quarterback, the University of Texas Longhorns, the New Jersey native, the son of Phil Sims. He's forged his own path. Isn't that something? His father was an NFL quarterback, and he was an NFL quarterback and his father rose to national prominence being a broadcaster and Chris Sims is doing the same thing now and and maybe even surpassed his father. It really is an incredible story and he's a good guy and I didn't even think that he would remember me or recognize me. I don't know how long it's been since I've seen him and yeah and how you doing and then we were trying to make it work. And he was very busy doing all of the duties that he had with NBC sports and he's pro football talk. And he's just, he's doing so many things. So without further ado, this is mostly on life after football. Although I had to ask him about that day at Raymond James stadium when he was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. And Oh my God, his, he got hit. It was his spleen. There was internal bleeding And he almost didn't make it. And I had to ask about that. And he got very emotional just thinking back to that day. But mostly it's on a success. What a good guy. Oh, my God. Here he is on the Rock Stops here. Chris Sims. All right. Now, this podcast, The Rock Stops Here, is how you made it to the top. Not only did you make it to the NFL, you have made it to the top in broadcasting. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't know if I made it to the top, but I'm doing good. I don't, I think the top is those guys that are making 18 or 20 million a year right now. Aikman, Romo, those guys. When I get there, then I'll be like, you're right, Rock. I'm there. Um, but no, I, I'm uh, very pleased with where I am in my career. You know, I, I love football. I think you knew that from me in my days back in Tampa. You know, I grew up in it. I don't know any other way. I love studying it and I love being able to talk about it and really more than anything, talk about it and dispel what I look at as stupid narratives that are out there. That's like my, my number one goal where I just, I go, wait, I heard this and this today. And I, all I did was watch this team and that is just completely wrong. Like, and I can't wait to unpack those things in the next day. So just work hard. I love football and I got a big mouth and it goes good in this business. Where did that come from? Just having a real strong take and not caring. I, I don't know. Do you care about if you get like negative feedback? I did don't. that? 
I know. Where did that come from, though? Did you just have that? Or? Um, I, I mean, maybe a little, I definitely had it a little bit. You know, I think that's in maybe, you know, I grew up in New Jersey where we're full of jerks and, you know, up yours and shut the F up. That's how we talk up there. I'm from Jersey. Uh, yep, right. So you know how that works. So there's, there is a little bit of that, you know, okay, screw you. You don't even know me. You don't like me. So whatever. I'm not, I don't care about how you judge me. And I also grew up where, you know, I saw people judge my dad sometimes who didn't know it. So I learned, like, you know, you're not going to please everybody. And, uh, you know, not that I'm right about everything, but, you know, I've been able to learn from a lot of good people and really understand football. I grew up in it, like I told you. And then with what I study and work now, I'm not afraid to put myself out there with an opinion because I go, well, this isn't like I'm just throwing, you know, crap at the wall here. I've, I've studied this and I'm willing to say this because I feel like I have evidence here to back up what I'm saying. And that's what gives me the ability to really, you know, stand on a pedestal and be like, you know, hey, this is what I think and I know you don't, but it, I don't care. Now, a lot of former players, when they get into broadcasting, when I talk to them, they still, you know, hey, man, it's a brotherhood and it's hard to criticize somebody that is playing. Did you have that? Were you able to overcome that, or did you start right away saying, "Hey, man, if the guy's not doing it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it." it it's, it's, it's hard. It is. I still struggle with it. I still see guys here today where I go, "Ah, damn, he might not want to talk to me today." I, he, I said something about him last week where I just didn't like what he did on third down or whatever. But I can also put myself in my shoes. And when I was playing in Tampa, I had plenty of times where I wasn't playing good, and you guys and other writers are saying shit about me, and I just, so what? I, you know what you got to do? Play better. So you write something else better. I have players say that to me sometimes. Hey, talk good about me. I go, make me talk good about you. That's what I try to do. It is a business. They're making, we're making, you know, millions and millions of dollars. And that's part of it. And, you know, just the, it's, I, I try not to say it's criticism. It's more what I want to say is evaluation. And I'm just trying to give an honest evaluation of what I see. And again, like, I know I'm not always right. Uh, but it, that was a tough thing. And it's still a tough thing. But I still think it goes back to a little bit of like what you said earlier. I don't, I don't really care what you're thinking of me at the end of the day. Yeah. That, that's my, my family likes me. My wife likes me. My close friends know who I am. You know, and the other thing that bothers me sometimes is, of course, I might say something bad about somebody and I hear from them. And I go, I've kissed your ass 70 times before this and never heard you say one thing like, thanks, Chris. Thanks for doing this. Or, you know, thanks for correcting that wrong narrative about me. So uh, when that happens, I, that's how I try to put it in perspective sometimes. Like, oh, I said one negative thing about the guy. He didn't say one thing to me when I said 100 good things, but now he's, he's going to talk to me about the negative. How about your father when you were going into broadcasting? Did he want you to? Does he let you do your thing? And Because you know, we know this business, man. I mean, you've been able to skyrocket, but it's a tough business. It's a tough business. It's why I didn't get in the booth, because I felt like my career wasn't good enough to where I would never get one of the top jobs, right? Like, I mean, as soon as the next great quarterback retires, they're, they're that guy. So that, I knew that was the high end or high upside was not there for me. Um, my dad was, has always been supportive. He's really great that way. And I feel like I learned even this business through him, really. You know, all the years he covered the number one game at CBS, all the Super Bowls he did. I watched him. I got to learn how he, you know, how do you talk? How do you phrase certain things? Uh, uh, within that, listen to the people that he's talking to, Jim Nance, whoever else. You pick up and learn things from them as well. And my dad always, you know, he knew I was never afraid to, you know, at least for the last 20 years or so, afraid to speak my mind. And he knows I'm knowledgeable. 
So he even tells people in the NFL sometimes, they're like, I got a bone to pick. And he always goes, oh, you better be ready to pick that bone because Chris is going to, Christopher's going to, he calls me Christopher as my family. Christopher's going to, he's going to have some things to say too. And he's, he's going to have some things to back it up. So he was always supportive of me that way. I only got to ask you just one. It was the, in your career, yeah. the day that you almost died. Yeah. I mean, on the field. You've been so far from it now. You look healthy and everything. But boy, that was Crazy day. Crazy day. Still like, the, you know, you have those like probably four or five days in your life, right? Where you think about like, man, that changed my life forever. It, it can almost get me emotional. Sorry. Um, I'm getting, and I was there and saw it and I can't yeah. imagine. And it was his spleen and bleeding internally and could have passed away. Yeah, right. I mean, I was the, they came into the room and told my wife to say bye to me because they weren't sure. Right. They weren't sure. It was 50-50. It um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm proud of it to a degree. Uh, of course, I wish it didn't happen, right? Um, but, you know, maybe, I, you know, sometimes I, I'm a self-evaluator. I look at it too and go, man, there was things in my life at that time that I wasn't living the right way either. And maybe that was karma kind of saying, hey, you better slow your freaking roll down here a little bit. Uh, so maybe I deserved it. I get that. We all get challenges in life, right? You got to take them as they come and, and fight through it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I have way too many things to be happy that I've been blessed with. I mean, I, come on. I grew up being the son of Phil Sims and all that. So I'm very grateful for it. It, it hurts me as I get emotional here again. It's just that I love Tampa. I love playing for him. So that hurt. Yeah. Um, I end it with this. All my, all my guests, what advice do you have for anyone that wants to let's focus on the broadcasting because everybody knows how yeah, hard it is sure. in NFL and all this, Chris. And, um, I appreciate it. You getting, you know, yeah, um, I'm sure you get it a lot though. People want to get in this business. Yeah. You've been successful. Right. What advice do you have? You got to work too many ex players get it and go, Oh, I'm just going to rely on, I played the game. I've been there. I've done that. Right. But you still, even though you played the game and been there and done that, you still got to like, I get done with shows and I go sit in the office for five hours and watch film and write notes and pages of notes. And I mean, I probably went through 12 notebooks this year. You know, I'll do that for the draft. I'm going to sit down every day and crack off the list of eight, 10 guys every day so I can really thoroughly talk about it. Like, you know, with anything, when you have great knowledge of a subject, you can really talk comfortably about it. You're not prepared. Yeah, then you, be, you BS. And I, that to me is where, you know, I think players who get in the business maybe drop the ball and they worry about what people think too much. Awesome. Listen, thank you so much, brother. You the man, Rock. Miss Tampa. Yeah, it almost felt like I was stalking him. <laughs> you know, because I was like, you know, he's got a lot of duties. And when he would finish on set, even if it would take a break, then a Denver reporter would come over or someone from Buffalo about... Josh Allen, and they all want to get his take on quarterbacks, and that's because he watches so much film, and he's got these strong takes, and so he was just so in demand, and finally it would be like, no, oh, I got to do this. Wait, come back. No, I'm getting it. Come back here. No, I'm not trying to bug you. No, 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 no problem, no problem, and then we'll be dead, and just a strong handshake and just good vibe, just a good vibe. He probably doesn't even remember it, but when he was in Tampa with as a Buccaneers quarterback, my son, who is now, Hunter's 24, going to be 25 this year on July 3rd. And he was young. 
And Chris Sims was involved with Big Cat Rescue. Now, Big Cat Rescue has been in the news and with the Netflix special and Carol Baskins and all that jazz. But, you know, they were doing good for these rescued animals, these big, big cats. And he somehow not really involved with Carol Baskin, but I'm just saying lend his support. And there was a media thing with he was going to walk around Big Cat Rescue and there were some fans, I guess, that were walking around with him. I don't know, but all I know is I got invited and I brought my son and I got him a Chris Sims jersey. I didn't even tell this to Chris. And I think he was wearing it that day. I don't know if he wore it that day or I got, I don't buy jerseys. You know, being in the media, we got a lot of free stuff over the years. I've never been one of those like guys that wears jerseys. Nothing against anybody that does. That's fine. But I think I bought one jersey in my entire life for my son, and it and it's a, it was a Chris Sims jersey. Yeah. And we walked around and followed Chris Sims around that day, and he couldn't have been nicer. He couldn't have been cooler. And my son, we had a great time, and I'll just never forget that. And then, uh, you know, I covered him, and then he went off, and then he was, you know, he bounced around a little bit. And then I know he started in broadcasting and he didn't go right to the top. I think he was doing something for Yahoo, I believe, and working his way up. And then he got in with Florio, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports. And now he's in this podcast and he unbuttoned and he's just, he's just, he's skyrocketing, man. And he's good. And he, he, did you hear it? Like work. He studies film. He studies. He works. And how about when he said there that, you know, these guys that get, just because you played in the NFL, great. But okay, you got to work. You got to work just because you played. You can't just go on set and think that you're all that. You got to study. He's in about being critical of players if they're not doing it. And he's strong by his stance. And I, I think that's why he's so successful. And I will tell you this. I did interview. He was one of my best at the Combine by far. Um, and... Everybody that I talk to that's successful, whether they're on NFL Network, CBS Sports, Fox Sports, uh, they all had the same reasoning why they've been successful. Hard work. Behind the scenes, hard work. I think, so really, it's anything. If you want to succeed in anything, any path that you choose, you've got to put in the time and work and effort and have the passion and the drive. You got to have all that. It just isn't given to you on a silver spoon. It doesn't happen. And that's what I found out today. But everybody that I interviewed for this Rock Stops here that has done well or has made it, they all are pretty damn positive, like not negative and, oh, this business sucks or it's not fair or this and that. No, no. So it's really cool to see. But anyway, Chris Sims, thank you. And, you know, I thought about it. It was one of those things I didn't want to make too much of it when he started getting emotional and thinking about it and of his family and when his wife was called in and to say goodbye to him, they thought he was going to die and all that. And then he was started crying right there. We were standing, we were right in the middle of the NFL combine with everything going on around us. And I didn't, and I, you know, if I were to have done it again, I would even have just really shut up. And not, not even just let him have his moment, you know, but I didn't want to just help him out and just, okay, let's go on to football and that. But anyway, Chris Sims, good job, man. Good job. Good job. I, you know, good job. So hopefully we will, uh, we will, we will hook up again. 
It won't be the last time that I see you, but you're, you're on that path, man. Just keep on, keep on keeping on. All right. Uh, some observations from Indianapolis. I loved the trip. I love the NFL combine of all the things that I have covered. Believe it or not, I had never covered the NFL combine before. Now I was interested, more interested because everybody's like, what about this kid? What about that kid? Believe it or not, the media, unless you're NFL network, or I believe maybe ESPN, you don't see, you can't see the, you know, the, the 40 yard dash or, any of the stuff they're doing. The only thing that we could really see was the bench press that was located right by radio row. It was hysterical. The hooting and the hollering fans are allowed in, in the bleachers. I guess one guy got kicked out one fan last year because it was either a Michigan guy and he was an Ohio state guy, or he was in the Ohio state guy and it was a Michigan player and he was yelling and yelling. They, they, they booted him. They booted him as a fan from the NFL combine, but that was the only thing that we could see. So if if you wanted to watch it, we would just watch on the TV screen on NFL network, just like you at home. But we did have access to the players and listening to them and their, you know, their interviews and just seeing on how they are on display. Like that's another thing, man, this is the cream of the crop and they are prodded. It's the hand size they are scrutinized, the questions that they get. And I don't have a problem with it. I heard somebody in the real, oh, I can't believe, what is HR? You know, they, they ask this kid this, that's not appropriate. You can't do that in any other business. Look, they're going to make millions of dollars. And in one of my upcoming uh, Rock Stops Here podcast, a former NFL player that's now in the media had a really good point. He goes, do you think in, an, in any other business, that is a billion dollar industry or hundreds of millions of dollars. Pretty much every NFL team is worth a billion now. Don't you think that they're going to, you think a CEO is just going to make a hire? They are going to, at the top level, man, if they're investing hundreds of millions of dollars on a player uh, or 25 million or, you know, don't you think that they're going to do their homework? They want to know everything. You know, they want to use analytics and then they still want to use the scouts. Yeah. Yeah, this is humongous business and it's win or lose and you're trying to win the Super Bowl. And so, you know, they want to know everything they can about a specific player. Hey, that's how it goes. These kids are going to make a lot of money, a lot of money, a lot of money, a lot of money. So it was interesting. And I guess because of COVID, they hadn't had it. So for a lot of family, media, uh, coaching staff, scouting departments, you know, they all were there. And it was really interesting because it's it's the NFL media, NFL coaches and staff meet college football media later in the week, college football staffs and college football players that are now going to be going into the NFL. And they all converge on Indianapolis. And I think it's great. It's not really, really expensive. Like the flights are inexpensive. The hotels are really inexpensive comparable to other parts of the country. Like if they ever move it to Los Angeles or to Cali or New York or whatever, you're going to, you know, pay an arm and a leg, but it's very affordable. Uh, I had a, it was nice, man. I was in a little Hampton Inn. It was like block, couple of blocks away from the convention center. It's really easy, accessible. I took a lift. You can take Lyft or Uber and that's inexpensive. There's hardly any traffic. So it was only like 20 minutes 
to my hotel. And then I just, I didn't have to have a car. And I just walked a lot walking. And you know, when you're not in a city, like I'm living in Palm Harbor, Florida, and I don't do a lot of walking. You know, if I lived in downtown, I would walk more. If St. Peter, Tampa, you know, but when you don't live in a downtown area of a city, you're really not doing too much walking. Are you? Are you? Now, I, I know I should take long walks, but you know, if I, what I do sometimes, I'll give you a little hint. What I did do, and I did this during the pandemic, just to get out of the house and everything with the dog and the girls, I pour myself a beer in one of those big, uh, not a big jug, but like a container with a top on it. And I'll go walk. Sometimes I take the dog and go for a walk neighborhood over and just take my walk at night. Put on, sometimes I put on my, my earbuds and my headphones and listen to a podcast. Sometimes I don't do that at all and just go walk around and sip a couple of sip of beer and take a walk. That's that. There you go. I'm, I'm being totally honest with you. That's about it. That's the extent of my walk. But when you're in a downtown, you walk and it's great. Now there was, and it was really, really warm. I was told every other combine in the winter, it's usually freezing. It was 60 degrees during the day. And I brought a big, heavy leather black coat. And I had to be carrying that damn thing. Two nights, even we went out two nights, even in the nighttime, didn't need it. Yeah, long sleeve, you know, an underwear shirt, long sleeve shirt. It's almost like a, almost like a sweater, not a sweater, but. And I really didn't even need my jacket. Now, the, the the third day that I was there, it was in the 30s. And I loved it because I know you're probably wherever you're at. You're like, oh, I'm over winter. Well, when you live down here and I'm a Jersey boy, I came from Denver, Colorado to here 25 years ago. I, I still love. So even before my lift came, I didn't call my lift until I went, sat outside, stood outside the Hampton Inn in downtown and just... I was breathing in the cold air and just like taking every last second of it. No, once I get back to Florida, here we go. And once you get in March on, man, here we go. And I, so I did love that. I did love that. But what was surprising to me was how dead, how quiet downtown Indianapolis was. I am used to the onslaught of people moving to Tampa Bay, Florida, uh, visiting here during the winter it's just packed. If you go to these little towns, it's kind of cool to be able to walk around a little bit. Or I take my wife, Dunedin, it's called, or like Safety Harbor, Florida. There's tons of people around on a weekend, packed. And I'm in downtown India and like, there's nobody around. There's homeless. They're not, there's not a lot of homeless, but I hadn't been in a big city in a while. And the day that I was leaving when it was like 35 degrees, I was like, wow, I saw a couple of homeless dudes. And I mean, they were young in their 20s or 30s and just sitting on this sidewalk, you know, with a sign. And I'm like, wow, it's that's cold in the, like, say, 35, 37 degrees and sitting on the sidewalk. I'm like, damn. And I'm like, well, why would you not move to, if you're homeless, wouldn't you rather be homeless to in like Florida? or LA or something or San Diego or, you know, or Miami, but it's probably how they're going to get there. They don't have the money to, for a bus or something to get there. They don't have any, so they're stuck like in a cold weather climate when it's, when, when they're homeless. I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's kind of rough, but it was so 
jarring to me because like I said, there are so many people that are moving to Florida to moving to Tampa Bay here. And there's just so many people around all, you know, I'm visiting and just everybody, it was just, it was unbelievable. And I thought it was me. And I said something to someone there and I'm like, eh, you know, so, I mean, it was so quiet in downtown Indy that, you know, when you're going to cross the street and you know how you look for the, the little box on the pole, the digital box, and it'll say like, uh, you know, just to stop. And then, okay, now it's a white, it shows a figure, and then, boom, you can now walk. You can cross the street. Or when you're crossing and it gives you from 20 seconds down, 18, 17, 16, 15, you know that? In Indy, you don't even have to worry about that. You can look both ways. Look, there's no cars coming. Most of the time, I never even bother because it's just like, okay, oh, there's one, two. Okay, that's it. Totally empty. Totally empty. I can cross here. I can cross in the middle, even though I still didn't do that because you're trained to still cross at crosswalks. But it was like that. Then it was nighttime. It was, all right, maybe it picks up at night. Eh, not that much. So uh, the first night, I I follow. He follows me on Facebook. I hadn't worked w- uh, with him. He was a producer at Bay News Nine and Sports. Jay. Uh, I thought it was like 20 years ago. He said it was 18 years ago. It was the last time I saw him. 18. And I posted that I was in Indy. I had a couple of pictures. I'm covering the NFL Combine, blah, blah, blah. And I get a messenger like, dude, you are in my town. I work in downtown. Let's have a beer. And I was like, at first, I was like, oh, my God. But I was like, it was a long day. of tra- You know, you get up at 5 a.m. I didn't sleep much the night before the flight. I knew that I wanted to bang out a lot of stuff. The first day I was going to do a lot of Buccaneers coverage because Jason Light, the general manager, Bruce Arians, the head coach, are going to talk. First time we really heard from them after Tom Brady retired, the Sally Marpet retired, what's going to happen at quarterbacks. I was going to focus on that, but I want to bang out some interviews for my rock stops here. I was going to do that for the Tampa Free Press. That's how I was credentialed. I was working, doing some stuff for Joe Bucks fan. So, you know, it was one of those things. I want to get these, I want to get, I want to get some names, man. I got to get out of the Tampa Bay area. I want to build, you know, grow this thing. And so I didn't sleep much before and it was a long day. And I was like, oh, do I really want to have beers? With, do I want to do it now? But you know what? And then I was like, you know what? He was a good guy. Jay was a good guy, but I hadn't seen him in 18 years. You know what that's like? You thought like, oh, are you going to have to recap What's happened in my life for 18 years? It's, a, it's in the evening. I'm going to probably drink beers the next night. You know, what I'm, you know what I mean? But you know what I did? I was like, yeah, let's do it, Jay. All right. I'm out at 5 o'clock or something, 5.15. Boom. We'll meet here. Boom. We did. And I was glad we did. You know, and it was that. That was cool. We had a couple of beers, had a little food, talked. It was cool. So he was on his way. He lives right outside of downtown. But I, I was like, whoa. That was unbelievable. I hadn't seen him in 18 years. Okay. Then I walked around a little bit still. Because after eating, and if you drink two beers and you're eating, and it's at night, I am not, I'm not going to go right back and try to lay down. You know, I shall walk a little bit. So I walked a little bit, and then I knew another guy was going to meet at the JW Marriott. He said there's a lot of players and coaches and stuff that kind of hang there. That's what I'm finding out. It's the same thing in downtown Tampa. Um, for hockey, the NHL Tampa Bay Lightning play at Amelie Arena, which is in downtown. Used to be called the Channel Side District. Now it's called the Water Street area. And a lot of times, like opposing media, opposing teams, when they fly in, 
they'd stay at the Marriott Marriott Waterside. Well, now it's the JW Marriott. So a lot of times they'll have some beers and hang out at the bar at the JW Marriott because it's a little bit of a step up. And now that's what I'm finding out. When I went to the, as dead as, dead as Indy was, when I went to the JW Marriott, whoa, it was packed. And there was Chris Sims. And I had already saw him earlier in the day. We didn't hook up. And we we're going to maybe the next day. And I saw him. He just gave me a big handshake. He was at a table with another guy. I was like, I'm not stalking you, man. And he just laughed. I'll see you tomorrow. And so that was that. And then I saw, I didn't even bother going over bothering him. Roman Oban, he played in the NFL. He was with the Bucks. I actually did the Roman Oban show on Bay News 9 uh, for a year or two. He, it was his show. I was his host. And I saw him. I haven't seen him in a long time. But I was like, you know what? It was that night. I was like, do I really want to bother him and, and connect how you been? That was at least, what, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. I don't know, you know. I think he was with the Lions. He's with the Lions now or something like that. So there's a lot of coaches. I saw Ian Rappaport, and I was really trying. He's a good dude. Ian Rappaport, who breaks stories uh, on NFL Network. I know people that know him, and he's like a regular guy. He's a good dude. And I was like, I want to get him. And I saw him at the one bar, a nice section off the lobby. He was talking to somebody. I'm not going to bother him now. I saw some coaches, and I'm like, all right, that's the place to be. I'll head it. Tomorrow's another day. And then the next day I started banging them out, man. I mean, and that, and I'm not going to get into, this is not an X's and O's and the bucks and all that jazz. I'll do that on a different, I'm going to a different platform. You don't, you know, I know you don't care about that, but uh, let me tell you a little, a good story. This is a funny, funny, funny story. So Bruce Arians, I will tell you this. You can see it on the, I'll just, this is the only thing I'm going to say. You can see it on the face of faces of Bruce Arians and GM Jason Light. Like now that Tom Brady has gone, it wow. Like, wow. The GOAT is not here. The GOAT made everybody else better. The Super Bowl and then the playoffs this year. It was incredible. And that ain't happening. That ain't happening. So uh Arians and what they do is if you travel there, not every team does this, but the Buccaneers do. They made those two guys available to us local media off to the side, a little scrum. I did notice that the Packers did that. I noticed the Buffalo Bills did that. There was a couple of teams that did that. Not everybody does that. And I we appreciate that. And Arian started walking towards me. He was doing an interview with ESPN's Jeff Darlington, who is a real good guy. And Arian started walking over towards us. I said, how's your Achilles, man? And he goes, hey, Rick, or something like that. Yeah, I was like, oh, he really recognizes me? I mean, I, it was COVID protocol. I was a nobody in the back. And he's like, once I can play golf, man, that's how I'll know. I'm slowly getting there. But he still had a little bit of a, hint, a limp, man. He had an Achilles, major Achilles injury, t- tear. And uh, it takes a while. Plus, he's 60, I think he's 69, is he? 68, 69, something like that. But he looks good. And he's lost the weight. I said, how many pounds you lose? How many last? Uh, 54 pounds. So he looks good. The GM Jason Light looks good. And so we did our thing and da 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 and blah, blah, blah. No, no X's and O's on this podcast. But here's my funny story. So then the next night, 
Uh, Steve from Joe Buck's fan said, I'm taking you to dinner. I said, okay. I was like, okay. So he took me and Lee and we went to a Hooters and it was great. It was great, but not a lot of guys, not a lot of people in there. Same thing at the Buffalo Wild Wings the night before. Not a lot of people in there, man. There's not a lot of people in downtown. They're all to JW Marriott. Swear to God. So we had a good time. Beers, food, stories, a lot of inside stuff. That was cool. So they were going to head over to the JW Marriott. And I was like, I was getting tired, man. Because I really didn't sleep that good the first night. Again, knowing the reason why I'm here, I want to load up in as many name people that I can get for my Rock Stops Here podcast. Besides my stuff, I had done my stuff for the Tampa Free Press, my Buccaneers stuff, uh, whatever I do with Joe's. Um, but anyway, so I was like, eh, I don't want to go back to the JW Marriott. But get this. My guy told me that he the night before saw the bucks like a the bucks coaching staff all right and they say it's about 10:30 at night one of the assistant coaches he's an offensive quarterbacks consultant tom moore all right he's been in the nfl forever arians really likes him bounces stuff off him he knows quarterbacks he's worked with the greats he's 84 years old my guy that saw him there said it's 10.30, 10.45 at night. He was drinking beer and eating nachos at 84 years old in Indy. And with cholesterol, I just love that story. <laughs> love that story. Here I am like, oh, I ate a meal at 9 o'clock and beer. And I'm gonna, I don't want to lay down yet. And look at how old I am. And he is 84 years old. One quick story that I just thought about, the play-by-play TV voice of the Tampa Bay Rays, Devil Rays, has been around baseball a long time. He's a great guy. And he, at one time, worked for the Chicago Cubs, and his color analyst was Harry Carey. Or he worked, did he do TV and Harry was radio? He knew Harry Carey. Okay, he did Cubs baseball for a couple of years. And Dwayne Stats is his name. He's good, dude. And Dwayne told me, and I remember this. He probably told me this story 15 years ago, that after games, after Cubs games, late at night, Harry Carey would eat a full meal. I'm talking about like a steak. This is after a baseball game. You know how long these baseball games last? And then to go out and then to eat a full steak, mashed potatoes, everything, and drink beer, and then go right to bed. Oh, my God. Legend. Legendary status. Why I remember that story from all these years and then hearing about Tom Moore at 84 years old eating nachos and drinking beer close to 11 o'clock at night. How about that? How about that? But anyway, so JW Marriott was a place and then they went again. They said it was totally packed and there you go. But these, and what happens is I think they changed the times of the uh, interviewing these kids so that these guys could sleep in a little bit, not the kids, like the coaching staff. And that that way they can even stay out a little bit later. But, you know, they're right out their way. You know, everybody's in a good mood. It was great. Everything about this trip was great. My flight, you know, from Tampa International Airport, 
Everybody is flying in and out of here any day. It was on a weekday, totally packed. Seven o'clock flight in the morning, totally, not even one seat. You know, you go to the Indy airport and it's not packed. And they had three conventions going on too. They had the NFL combine. They had a truckers convention. And they also had the Big Ten women's basketball tournament all at the same time. And yet still downtown was dead. So can you imagine? Oh, oh, oh. And then when Arians finished with us, like they call it like a media scrum. When Arians was done with us, he even said, you know, we stopped recording. That was it. He goes, boy, it breaks my heart to see how dead Indy is. He goes, I loved it. I lived a couple of blocks from here. Man, I used to, he probably hit the bars and this and that and loved it. And just to see, I, I was told by some people that I think it's like 35% of the businesses closed down during COVID and just never reopened, never, never made it back. But it was great. The flight was no problem. There was nobody. And I lucked out because I took Southwest. Do you know how it Southwest is 24 hours before your flight, you can check in. And I forgot. I first think and got. So I was like the last, like C-54 or whatever. You know how it goes A, B, sit the last. I'm like, ah, son of a gun. I'm going to get a middle seat. And I was walking down. It was totally packed by the time I got on the plane. This is from Tampa to Indy. And I looked and there was, an, there was a couple and there was a, a window seat. Like, nobody took that. And it, like everybody, I was like, is that taken? No. I'm like, oh my God, my lucky day. So I had a window seat going seven o'clock in the morning, getting there at nine, 10 AM, taking a lift, nobody around, no traffic. I was in downtown at nine. I was in downtown at nine fifty five AM in Indy. And they're like, your room isn't ready. Okay, no problem. Check my bags. I'm heading because I know the bucks are talking and then leaving. I made sure I had a seven o'clock flight at night and I was sitting in my hotel room, 655, 656, 657 p.m., 658, 59, 7 p.m., boom, I checked in. I was like B, I think I was B34. I'm like, how the hell did all these people, I was, I was checked in at one minute after you're allowed to check in. I guess they pay. Did that many people pay? I guess so to get the upgraded flight. Matter of fact, I did check when I was at TI. I thought, well, what's, what's the upgrade here to get up higher? Cause I was like, see something. She's like $45. I'm like, no, I'll just stay. So it ended up great. No problems on the flight, no delay. Nobody acted like an ass. Nobody was complaining about the mask and everything was cool. Everything was good. It was a great flight, man. They had a big breakfast, free breakfast in the morning at the Hampton on the second floor. It was an old hotel redone. It was outstanding. They had everything. Oh my God. I ate better in the mornings there than I have eaten in two years here at home. Holy crap. What a life. What a stinking life. And when you're a guy and when you're a dad and when you got a family and all that's going on, man, when you're in a hotel by yourself and you're like, your only responsibility is yourself. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so anyway, it was a really, really, really uh, good experience. Uh, the one thing that has changed 
what I'm noticing is they call it Radio Row, where uh, radio stations from around the country are at tables and they're all doing their shows back, you know, sending them back home, doing them live. Well, they're going to have to change the name because on Radio Row, I would say it, it was about 10% were radio stations. It's teams. They have their own content people, digital and audio, video. It was like, okay, I was sitting at the Joe Bucks fan, Ira Kaufman podcast table. They, they had me there because I did a podcast with them. I did the Bucks kickoff during the season. So I was sitting there with those guys. Otherwise, the the media for like the print media, which is internet anyway, hardly any in newspapers, even that was really far away in a big spacious room, real far away from the action, from where the interviews are and all that jazz. And so I was on Radio Row all week. Well, the only radio station, there was KOA in Denver. There was, I think it was called The Fan in, I think, Dallas. There was The Fan, Washington, D.C., slash NBC Sports DC sitting, you know, behind us, maybe, maybe one or two more radio stations. The rest were teams like the New York Jets was next to us and they had video, audio, New York, no, no, New York Giants were right next to us. The Jets were right behind me over my right shoulder behind me. Um, They've got like one or two reporters on air. They have a, a technical person. They got another person that's doing the video. They got a nice board. They got the screen. And then, okay, then the Houston Texans were to my left. Then there was an internet, DNVR out of Denver. They were doing their thing. Um, over here was, oh, the LA, Ra the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, Outkick, Outkick, Outkick the coverage outkick. Uh, they had a nice little setup. Um, the Buffalo bills were over in that corner. The, do you see what I, oh, there was the draft network They're in, they're an internet group. Uh, a lot of young people like, but, but what I'm saying is it's no longer just like radio row, just like, you know how newspapers went bye-bye and now, now on the verge of not making it is like the local TV stations. You know, they still have some advertising. They're still hanging in there, but their numbers, you look at it for ratings and, oh my God, a point four, you're good. Like not a lot of people are watching anymore. Families don't sit around the, at six and wait till the 11 o'clock news. You got all your stuff immediately. So that's changed. That's going to go, that's going to be like the newspaper. Radio stations. I mean, now like these, all these teams have their own content teams. And that was the majority of what it was like at Radio Row. If they're still calling it Radio Row, it's just changing. You know, I've seen it right before my eyes. So it was interesting. But the NFL Network people that I talk to, that I have a lot of coming up on this, uh, the Rock Stops Here podcast, very, very nice. Everybody was, everybody got along. Everybody was just doing their own thing. Everybody is just happy to be where they are and doing their thing. It was a really, really, really cool vibe. It really, really was. I really, really enjoyed it, man. And uh, I hope to go back next year, God willing. Um, and we'll see, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but 
you know, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty good. I saw a couple people that I hadn't seen in, in 15 years, 20 years, you know, uh, everybody, everybody was good, man. It was cool. And the first two days, it's all about the NFL, NFL news, NFL content. Oh my God. Just like, Oh, it's like Christmas. You know, what's going to happen? Aaron Rodgers and that, uh, you know, the quarterbacks, everybody needed a quarterback, Ron Rivera. I was sitting there all of a sudden I turned around right behind me is Ron Rivera, uh, coach of the Washington commanders, the football team. And I heard him and he's like, you know, quarterback or quarterback, the guys from DNVR, they, they were the quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. That's like, man, if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, that was the main thing. Who's going where? Got to get a quarterback. Got to get a quarterback. Brady. What happened to Brady? Brady, is Brady going to come back? Quarterback, 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 quarterback. So anyway, it was very, very, very interesting. One story that I, well, I just, I got to bring this up to I got to bring this up. All right. So now he mentioned it on a podcast. So it's not like I'm any secret that I'm, I'm bringing out here. His name is Lee. He's one of the Joes from Joe Buck's fan. And we were doing the Ira Kaufman podcast. Ira was back in Tampa Bay and the three of us were on radio row and we were going back and forth and debating and laughing and having fun and all this. And Lee mentions that he has lived in the Tampa Bay area for 24 years and he's never seen an alligator. And I'm like, what? Oh, you're bullshit. That's impossible. No, I've seen a bobcat, Lee said. I've even seen a bear, this net. I've never seen an alligator. You've lived in Tampa Bay for 24 years. You have never seen an alligator? That was, that blew me away. They are everywhere. Every pond that you see, it'll be don't feed the alligators. Stay away from alligators. You see the alligators that sun themselves on the, on the bank of ponds? lakes. Lee, how have you never seen it? He goes, well, I don't go, I don't play golf. So I'm not on the golf courses. I'm like, it's more than just golf. Do you not take walks? Have you never walked near a pond? 24 years. I really couldn't believe that. So I flew back. I, and I was like, I got to mention this on the podcast and you can hit me up on social media, direct message me. Are he's got to be the only one, right? They're everywhere. And I actually texted him today and said, Lee, how many years have you lived in Tampa Bay? You haven't seen an alligator? He put 24. I said, okay, thanks, Lee. A good time in Indy. Yeah, it was warm, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> 20, is it me? If you've lived in Florida for any amount of time, how can you go without seeing, ever seeing an alligator? That just blew me a stinking way. Right? Right. All right, listen, um, I think that's about it. I think that's about it. You know, it's funny. I've been out of a full-time gig in the media, Tampa, uh, in radio or TV now, and it's about three and a half. Is it pushing possibly four years? Am I four years out now? It might be. And, you know, I'm plodding along. I'm doing the best I can. Everything is good. My health is back to being good. As long as my family's health, that's the main thing. 
but you know, my passion is, is what I do. And this past weekend going to the NFL combine, it just gave me purpose. It gave me that pep in my step again. And I was out and I was banging out these interviews and these, everybody was cool to me. Really cool. Really cool. And seeing some people I hadn't seen in a long time, didn't even think that they would even remember who I was. And you need that, you know? And if you're just plodding along and kind of like just kind of struggling, getting by, you know, nothing major is wrong in your life. I just hope that you get a chance to do something again that maybe spark that fire, give you that little boost again. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for you because I got it, but then I came back to reality. <laughs> but just getting that, what that can do, it's, it's, it really is just amazing. And sometimes just getting out of town, getting away, flying, you know, with you, you know, if it's your significant other, if it's by yourself, however it is, doing something that maybe will just, you know, stoke that fire, that flame again, man. It's, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. Thank you. Thank you to the man upstairs. Thank you. Everything went cool. When, when do you get a trip where everything works out pretty good? Pretty good, right? So uh, thanks for listening, man. I really appreciate it. And we'll see who we got next week on The Rock Stops here. Have a good one. Looking for studios in the Tampa Bay area to record your podcast? Radio Influence can help. With two studios on either side of the bay, Radio Influence has you covered. Engineered and produced by longtime radio professionals, achieve the excellence in podcasting that you and your listeners deserve. For more information or to schedule studio time, email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. Radio Influence, the future is now.